0: welcome to winging it in Motown radio I'm your host Jeff Hancock joined by JJ Graham Kyle gentlemen are you sober yet <laughs> not yet. <laughs>
2: I'm still so working it. It was a long weekend.
0: <laughs> Did you guys do anything fun
2: uh, the last few days over the weekend? Uh, a couple things. One mm. or two. Trip. Real mm. talk, it was probably the best weekend ever. It
0: was close to it. I wouldn't say the best weekend ever, but it was, it was, it
2: was definitely up there. I got to see Steve well, score a goal and the Red Wings win a game. So I'm yeah.
3: actually not allowed to say it was the best weekend ever. I got married on a weekend, so yeah. Uh, so, I, did I, so did I, so. <laughs>
2: oh, I. Did too. I did too. Sorry, right. huh? Well, for me, it was <clears throat> the best weekend ever. <laughs> there you go. You're allowed there you go. to say that. I am allowed to say that.
0: <laughs> uh, for those who are unaware, or living under a rock, or this is the first time listening to this podcast, <laughs> you may not have made it past the intro. So, if you're still with us, we all went to the Stadium Series game in Denver, mm-hmm. and we're drunk for about two and a half straight days, thanks to two dollar martinis. Uh, Do but even- I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, the week that was. Uh, let's just f- fuck everything that happened before the Stadium
2: Series. Hell yeah, that was fun, right? It was a very awesome weekend, um, and honestly, I think like the the venue that it was at it was probably. I don't know. You couldn't really ask for much more uh, where it was at, you know, the the view in the background with the mountains and everything Um, and the fake mountains, the fake mountains, (laughs) right? the fake (sighs) snow, the cotton snow. That was awesome. Um, You know, the Red Wings didn't win the alumni game, but, you know, you got to see Iserman score a goal and I think it was Shanahan score the other goal. So that was worth it. And then in the end, you got to see the Red Wings win a game and uh, hey, can't beat that. Right.
1: Oh. No. I mean I think like I said when we got there that I was more excited for the alumni game, specifically the introductions. I didn't care about the game itself. It was awesome to see Eisman score, but uh, I mean the the outcome of the game was who cares? I mean it was just watch Well a fo- bunch of 50 call- olds play hockey that's Colorado fans that ended up caring. Yeah, just, well want. Yeah. Well the guy that was sitting next to my wife uh certainly cared quite a bit, but uh, she got the last laugh on that one. Um but I I mean the the game at the the real game was was more important and that was just so much fun i mean you know thinking with under two minutes left hey it's just get it to overtime and and uh you know and let's play for the point and 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 for for me personally finally see three on three in person love to see what it looks like outside and then less than a minute after that um thinking oh my god just hold on and and win the game i mean it was yeah it was it was a great weekend
3: plus after uh how like soul killingly cold it was in ann arbor having a, the weather be just as beautiful as it was there Oh I'll bet. Uh, yeah. that was a real nice touch
1: yeah right i mean I, I was i was telling somebody today they were asking how it was and i said you know the, the best part was for the alumni game you could wear a t-shirt and a jersey until the third period because that and then the sun went down and then it was like oh you know it's 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 getting slightly chilly i should probably put my hoodie on underneath my jersey like that's all you
2: needed which What's I up? did and uh you yeah. know the uh, it was caught on camera and apparently <laughs> yeah. my Splash ass, bare was ass, ass. Graham's face. Get <laughs> oh. you your bare ass out of my face it was the be- yeah. it was the sexiest moment of your life I'll, I'll,
0: I'll post that in Quicket's in in the morning
2: uh you know I'd prefer you wouldn't I'll use it as the main page
0: anything.
1: picture trust me uh, the only person whose eyes needed to be bleached after are mine because I saw your damn ass crack after that
3: uh Yeah, I mean, they were in the middle of announcing that they're taking that gigapixel picture, and no, you Mm -hmm. just had to. That was (laughs) the moment you had to put on that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he. They said at the start of the second period, you know, we're going to take the picture. Everybody, get in your seat. And here's Kyle standing up, taking his shirt off, and
0: (laughs) I don't. I'm going to pose this to you. Someone asked me this at work uh, yesterday what was cooler the winter classic or the stadium series and
3: i i kind of want to see what your answer was before I, I oh that's that's tough because if i think if the red wings sort of won the winter classic this would be a no, this would be no contest but they didn't win it so it's it's a tough call um honestly i still kind of have to go with the winter classic because it was uh it was a little bit more uh more magical it was definitely more wintry and uh even though that that sucked that part specifically about how freaking cold it was um it was just being there with with more than 100,000 people all watching the same game just in kind of a like a real backyard rink kind of feel even though it's a, a huge group of people um this one though had that had a real kind of you know, we'd, we've talked about how the rivalry has been dead for a long time because uh, Colorado couldn't hack it. They uh, they fell out of the rivalry. It wasn't us. And for the most part, that was true. But it was really good to kind of like relive those feelings this weekend. Um, it's it's, it's so, kind you know, of,
0: Go ahead. I would say you could kind of compare it to rekindling it uh, or, or meeting up with an old flame from back in the day or something, you know, or, an old yeah. girlfriend or something where you're like, oh, yeah, we we had a pretty good time, didn't we?
3: yeah because it it had gotten to the point where it's like most of the people and we got a really good section too we were really lucky there where most of the people around us like we're all just kind of trash talking like uh (laughs) kind of like we do on twitter uh and we were surrounded by a bunch of people who could uh who could dish it out and take it and it wasn't like a i'm gonna kick your ass kind of stuff it was a lot of like really good natured stuff to where we ended up shaking hands with a lot of avalanche fans over it um
2: yeah, I mean, you know, we there were the guys in
3: front of us who probably weren't alive for the revelry and didn't know what the hell we were talking about. Like, a, <laughs> yeah, was good. Like when it they was... do the Patrick Wall introductions, and I, I stood there like the, the Statue of Liberty. I, I kind of got a side eye from them because they they were they looked confused. They
2: didn't know what the hell you were talking about.
3: Yeah, but for the most part, it was, I, it was admit, a lot I, of fun, and exactly like you just said, Jeff. It was like the you know getting reconnecting with an old flame. I I think
1: um, you can you could tell the difference between the two games because after the after the alumni game the the atmosphere around the the stadium was it was very good natured like how many avalanche fans came up to us and said oh it's great it reminded us of the old days yeah it was great to see one more time there were no hard feelings everybody just had a good time and then after the the, the game on saturday it was markedly different because well, I yeah, mean, how many you know, <laughs> times did someone <laughs> drive
0: by with the window down and said suck a dick assholes
1: yeah <laughs> i think that was just more about us in general yeah i, mean, I don't think it had really anything just, else to do with Red Wing I fans think they they, just, i think they yeah they sensed the personalities that were walking down the street and like you know what they those guys probably just deserve it in general
0: they're not wrong. And yeah, they were absolutely <laughs> like not,
2: not even close. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. no, it was really cool meeting uh, meeting Anthrax Jones, uh, noted Avs fanboy, uh, and uh, generally bad boy on uh, Twitter. He's a good guy. Uh, I really enjoyed him in real life. Uh, as yeah, way
3: less nose hair than I expected. Huh? Way less nose hair than <laughs> I expected.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: And uh, um, have a real Kevin Hart 13 Sitting in front of
2: us, yeah, the real fifteen.
1: Yeah, that was. I, I gotta admit, it was surreal. It was funny when we left, uh, and I was told the story about how somebody recognized us from Twitter, and and you know they were sitting in front of us, and my wife just looked at me and was like, "Don't don't get a big fucking head over this, All right." <laughs> She did. She said because Kyle and I actually got recognized in line getting a beer and somebody said, "Hey, aren't you guys the guys from we at Motown." And we we're like, "What?" And I told that story and she's like, "Don't don't think you're a big deal because you're not."
0: Well, I think my favorite part was when we met Jibble Scribbits and he walked up and kind of recognized JJ and then he goes, "Oh, hey, yeah, I've seen you in all the pictures on the internet.
2: You must be Kyle." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so like I post all the pictures of myself and my dog. I was like, "Yeah, that. That's me. Yeah. My favorite part
1: was the guy who thought you were Brenda Smith's brother because you were the yeah. only person wearing a Smith jersey <laughs> in the
2: entire stadium. That's true. He
0: was like, Hey oh, hey, we saw you at the game and we thought he's gotta be related to Brendan Smith. That's good.
2: Even though that. he was a healthy scratch cause uh, <clears> throat> throat> Yeah. For that some was that was
1: I in a weird way, I wanted to have one of those reaction videos to you doing it because I think it would go viral for
2: how sad you were. <laughs> I had the I had the photos. It was pretty close.
1: It was it was one of the toughest – I want to do like, like – Top five toughest moments of my life. <laughs> I want to do that Ralph Wiggum thing. Like here's the actual moment where you can see his heart <laughs> breaks and pause it right there. You reading the tweet that he was out.
0: Uh, yeah, so. and the worst part, it was Helene that tweeted it. She's my least favorite. Even oh no, though Khan blocked me, she's my least favorite. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I remember we were all sitting in uh, Henry's Tavern and uh, being served by Luna Lovegood. And we're all just checking out. Oh, she was Jesus. a very nice person. She was a very nice person. She just had the most grating voice. And every time...
2: She- I just remember JJ's sister, every time like she would talk, I would hear JJ's sister like under her voice, I'm going to fucking kill this girl. Not really that, but...
3: I felt so bad for being annoyed, but whatever.
2: <laughs> no one so, yeah. should be annoyed aside from her voice. <laughs>
3: so weird. So we're all checking it, and, and so we we all like learn at the exact same time that Smith has been scratched. I think we all just looked <laughs> over it. and yeah, just like Graham ex, ex, described. You could like see his heart sinking. It was it was really sad.
2: It was a very yeah, it was a very sad time. I
0: still haven't recovered. <laughs> at least I let them take warm ups. Um, they did. That was a nice gesture of them. And he got to sit on the next to the bench next to Kajawa all night. So I don't know what could be better than that. Um, other than actually playing the game or sitting with us. I don't know. Uh, okay, favorite moment from the actual game on ice, not in the stands, atmosphere, the actual on ice
2: play. I would so say I would say have – yeah. I, I Yeah, I'm going to say Nyquist's goal. That was so good. And even Let's if see, it was – it was a fluke. It was kind of weird, but I don't know. It's- I don't know.
0: see until I saw the replay. I didn't even realize like what he had done. It was just kind of we were all just oh, kind you? of like, "Oh shit, it's in!" Woo! That was like most of the goals I think, except for Tatar, empty <laughs>
1: netter. And, and yeah, yeah
4: and how I, I,
1: I, you know, it's funny. I, th- I was thinking about that today, and I thought, you know, I don't, I, I don't like calling Nyquist's goal a fluke because that implies that it was lucky. I call it a low percentage play that that worked because he was clearly trying to do what he did. I mean, he was he was attempting to score on right. that shot. There's no question. He wasn't trying to ask to somebody. Is, you know, the puck didn't deflect. He was trying to catch Varlamov, you know, going down early. I don't know if that's the scouting report on him or, or what. So I, I think it's a disservice to call it a fluke and just call it a kick-ass goal. My favorite was the Richards goal just because of the the impact it had. Uh, and just – and. Just looking around and, and seeing the stunned faces of Avalanche fans around us who thought – who 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 would have thought that just like I did. I talked to the, to the guy next to me who was uh, an Avs fan and who was awesome. Uh, old and I, the
0: old guy with his wife? Yeah.
1: Who yeah. took the I mean, picture yeah, with that us and was ruled. like, yeah, flip yeah, me off. They,
0: pretend like you're angry.
1: Yeah, me <laughs> off or maybe pretend you're going to hit me or something. Like I don't want a picture of, of me pretending to hit a woman. So
0: I hit her. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I did. Um,
1: it's not funny. I did. It was funny. I did. Uh, we a little bit of trash talk and his wife was taking a lot of pictures. They had a really nice camera. And so the reason they switched seats is so that she could get up into the aisle and get down. Cause of course the one net was partially blocked from view with the railing that was there. So she said she wanted to get a good shot of the winning goal. And I said, well then why is she worried about it? Because the, she can see the avalanche goal from here. This was <laughs> that it was three, three with about three minutes left. And I just, you know, it was just like oh random and, um, with i remember specifically with a minute 49 left i i turned to him and i said let's just hope this gets to overtime so both teams can get a point and he said it and he agreed so after they after richard scored i turned to him and i just went sorry <laughs> and <laughs> you know like i felt bad because he was such a he was they were s- such nice people um i didn't feel bad because it's team was losing, fuck him, yeah, he picked the wrong team, but um <laughs> he was he was really gracious about it, um, and you know, and after the game it was you know we shook hands and wished each other of safe travels, and that's that's what made it great and fun, yeah,
0: you seem to have more pleasant experience than the one I did with the guy like four rows behind me. <laughs> I don't even oh. remember what it was the when the wings went up three, two, and we just kind of like lost our shit. And I had a Tatar jersey on and they just kept screaming, tar, tar, tar. <laughs> and then what the abs fucking scored like 13 seconds later or something.
2: Uh, I was like, I was so excited that we scored. And then I was, gonna, I was going to tweet about it. And then the fucking abs scored. And I was like, you fucking dipshits. Never,
0: never, never gone from such a high to such yeah. a low so quickly.
2: I guess that's just what made it so good.
0: And then to be able to yeah. shove it in that guy's face at the end.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's why the Richards goal was my favorite moment because we got the three two lead and then we gave it up really quickly, and then we took that penalty with like five oh, and a half yeah. minutes left, and we're all. I think I said just, to you like, "This is how we're going to lose." Yep. Yeah, and then they had a really strong penalty kill, so it's it's back to like that that hopeful, really on edge. <laughs> Feeling. And then the uh, the Richards goal, like we were, it was on the kind of the opposite of the ice from us, and you could see Varlamo, Varlamo going down. Um, couldn't necessarily see the puck go in, but it's like it looks like the puck is going in because of the way the the goalie is reacting. And then Richards raises his hand, and it's like, yeah, I, I think I picked both Jeff and Kyle up. At
0: one you point. definitely picked me up.
1: Yeah, it was you like, have you, you ever fizzle. seen
0: uh, Dirty <laughs> Dancing? I've never, I've seen the dancing. That's it. It was where, beautiful. Where, yeah, I got uh, you up. high up. I thought I was going to fall. Patrick Swayze lifts up Ferris Bueller's sister and spins her. <laughs> that was basically what JJ did to me. It's very romantic.
1: There's something about JJ picking up uh, fellow bloggers at wing games and then thinking, oh, my God, you're going to kill – you're going <laughs> to take out a person with this. <laughs> One of these Tyler at H2H2?
3: Yeah, I, I picked up Tyler at H2H2 and we almost fell down the stairs together when Dawson <laughs> <asleep. laughs> To be fair, the Joe was much more dangerous than <laughs> – the stairs are very steep. I
2: don't know. We were yeah. all pre- pretty inebriated, so. I just kind of sad
3: that uh, apparently Anthrax Jones wasn't in his seat for the entire third period because every time oh. he scored, I'd look over to you know to rub it in his face, and uh, and he wasn't there.
2: But what was it? At, at the airport the next morning, I was like, "Oh wow, you were pretty much nowhere to be found. How about that?" And you know, he made up some really stupid excuse, of course, but whatever. I think uh, J2E,
0: uh, the Roar24, yeah. the, the Roar underscore 24 on Twitter. He was sitting like first baseline or something, lower bowl, but he has a really good camera. And I don't – for whatever reason, he decided to take a picture of us right after mm-hmm. the wings yes. scored. Was that
2: him <laughs> it was who was that picture? Time.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> so and funny. It's, it's everybody – it's me except for Graham. Everyone but Graham. We're all pointing at Anthrax Jones just like in your face. I was. It was just
1: – uh, Shockingly, Kyle stood up and fucking put his ass in front of me again. Yeah, so. that's
0: true. Kyle's not even looking; he's just pointing and looking the other way. And I, I, I tweeted out the photo, but it's it's wonderful. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned inebriated. I think that means drunk for those un- less intelligent people like myself. Uh, what was your favorite non-hockey related moment from the weekend?
2: Hmm non-hockey related, I would think that it was... okay. This is easy. It was all of us, after the game, high-fiving the Avalanche fans, saying, good game, good game. Whether (laughs) it was after the alumni game or was because after the alumni game, we did it as assholes and saying, oh, yeah, congrats, you won the game. And then after the actual game, we were like, good game, you guys suck. That was my favorite moment.
3: I think it was, uh, for me, it was seeing the guy at our louis on friday afternoon hector Er like no not not our our waiter hunter but the guy who uh who looked (laughs) like the he looked like gustav nyquist and dan cleary had a and i try i couldn't get a good picture of him and then he left before uh before i had enough booze like go ask him like specifically if i could take a picture with him because he looks like two hockey players he's probably never heard of but i'll always remember it I'll, i'll always have that
0: yeah, and and we can all vouch for JJ. Like, no kidding, he said it, and we
2: looked, and we were like, "Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> it it was it was it was the best. Yeah, good call, JJ. That was a really good moment. Mm-hmm. But I really did like the. I really did like uh, taunting all of the Avs fans. That was a lot of fun.
0: And Graham, what did you have a
2: favorite moment?
0: Non hockey, uh, not on ice related, off ice related. Alcohol related. I
1: I mean, uh, I sampled some some very good uh, local beers, which was good. Yeah, I had had a recommendation uh, when I was out there to try uh, anything by Oscars, uh, and I had um, a couple by them. That was it was very good. So that was good. Um, I think seeing Wish wearing the sweater probably yeah. kind of made my day no. because Whoa, wait what was he wearing he was wearing like a grandpa sweater he was wearing a Hartford Whalers t-shirt oh, it was t-shirt. like a car- a cardigan or like something a c- yeah a cardigan yeah you so he was wearing like a Hartford Whalers t-shirt he did now i will give him full marks for the Hartford Whalers t-shirt because Absolutely. it was it was a badass t-shirt but Welcome. the 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 sweater cardigan and then like these like gray pants and it's like uh, i think i i, think I respect you less <laughs> Just based on the way you dress
2: then I realized he's a blogger, so that's probably what he can afford. So, <clears throat> that, he showed up like three hours late. So, whatever.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you know,
2: he was, was work. probably working. So, whatever. He had a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he was... had a job to do. We really didn't. We were just there for the fun.
1: My my ultimate favorite moment um, were the uh, player introductions for the Red Wings, specifically Chelios and McCarty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chelios booing along, and then McCarty just doing the mile high salute. To all four corners of the stadium, big sheet-eating grin on his face, and then um, as as the introductions went on, he hearing audibly boos for Claude Lemieux in a Colorado <laughs> stadium, I thought that was that was really well done by the wing fans that were there. I
0: gotta say, it's probably a tie between each two-dollar martini I had. Yeah, even the cucumber one. Even the cucumber one. It was uh, the best. The time we were drunk at the the brewery and realized Kyle's sunglasses only had one lens (laughs) (laughs) those those, like 70 year old Winnipeg Jets fans bought us shots of Jaeger I enjoyed
2: that oh god I remember that I forgot
1: about that Uh, the the time I for Jaeger showing
2: up in front of me I was like really
1: Uh, I think JJ and I got double shots because people didn't want theirs yeah so I, I drank all of mine first time I ever had Jaeger it wasn't as bad as I anticipated I hate black licorice. It. I remember just before it hit my lips, I thought, I am closer to forty than thirty, why am I going whatever. I'm on vacation.
3: Hey, he walked by and shake my hand and he was like, Can I just say fuck you? And I was like, Of course you can, you bought me a drink.
1: <laughs> say whatever
0: you want. <clears throat> I took a thumbs up picture with them. I don't did they both give a thumbs up in the picture? I told them to. Oh. I have no idea. Oh, no, no, no. One guy just stood there because I had my arm around him, and he looks uncomfortable. And the other guy gave a thumbs down. Looks like Wilford Brimley. Is he still alive? (laughs) Did he die of diabetes?
3: Unfortunately, (laughs) it wasn't all positive because I remember right after the game, uh, Maria got kicked in the shin by a guy.
0: Oh, yeah, fuck that guy.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, thankfully, they went through with it and actually sought out some some actual proper authorities so hopefully that guy is never allowed back at a game at Coors Field because that dude is an asshole
3: yeah like we're standing around while the the cops are talking to him and he looks guilty as shit
2: yeah just staring at the floor screw that guy
3: oh I didn't even realize they found the guy I was oh yeah I was uh, they got a
2: they got a picture of him uh too so oh
1: okay yeah
3: Let's see, who do we meet from the site? We met uh, Ben Bishop, uh, Let's Go Red Wings. That guy was really cool. He actually looks kind of like the real Ben Bishop,
2: too. Yeah, he really does. Not as tall, but... And I asked him, I was like, are you just a big Ben Bishop fan? He's like, no, that's actually my name. I'm like, "No shit, that's weird, because I always kind of didn't like him. (laughs) But no, now I like him a lot more.
1: (laughs) 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 I think he has said on the site that that is his actual name. Whatever.
3: And then... uh... Bridget was at the bar after the alumni game. And let's see, we met uh, Matt <laughs> a few times. <laughs> oh
2: we did meet Matt while he was extremely hammered. He wandered yeah. into the brewery and it was just like, Hey. Sup. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I don't know who We else met Anthrax Jones. We met Anthrax Jones, Dribble Skribbitz,
1: Anthrax Jones friend Clay Jonas. Tron. Yeah, who's on Twitter? They interact all the time. Yeah,
2: Claytron is a cool guy. I like him.
1: Met Bonk's mullet in person. Bonk's mullet. Oh, yeah, Bonk's, like the bonks mullet.
2: celeb. We like Bonk's mullet. He's got great hair. Oh, he's, he's a good a, looking guy.
0: Great he's, beard. Yeah. It's sure. like his, his hair is like slicked back and nice and perfect. His
2: yeah. beard is perfectly trim. Looks like he was about to go to the Oscars. Like he's a well groomed man. And he did. If
1: if yeah. babies if babies had beards, they would be soft as Bonk's mullet's beard. Because <laughs> Maria, let me touch yeah. it.
0: That that's a fair assessment.
1: Yeah, and a s- super nice guy. Absolutely. Like, God, total package. Good for Marina.
2: I actually kind of feel like I like him a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, they He's haven't walked down Maria. the aisle yet, Kyle. <laughs> you never it's,
3: know. It's, I think it's, still it's, either, yeah. it's, it's legal can it. in yeah, real quick.
0: Canada and Michigan, right? Never
2: mind. He doesn't follow me on Twitter.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're not important enough. I'm sorry. No, I really am not.
0: Um, I feel like we could do this for another hour or two. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. But we should also talk about Andreas Athanasiou because he uh, he was just fucking awesome. I got there's no way to just put it other than that. Uh, They they, the Wings obviously beat Colorado and they beat Dallas and it was a big four fucking points right there.
2: Yeah, he's uh, he's been doing shit like this his entire career, whether it's AHL or OHL. It's just really, really surreal to see him do it in the NHL, like that second goal he scored against Dallas. It was just like you like he's I saw him take the puck where Larkin made that really nice play. And I was like, oh, God, I know what he's going to do. I don't know if it's going to work. And then he just he he. Toe dragged that puck around Oduya and I was like, oh shit. And I saw Miami try and take the dive and I was like, oh God. And when he scored, I definitely had a like a screaming moment where I was like, oh shit. Um, yeah, I really like that a lot.
3: Plus, he drew two penalties in that game too.
2: He did. He was on fire. He was a he was hell on wheels.
3: Yeah, I mean that's that's what speed does and he's got it in space. I love the willingness to continuously try moves like that. They're not always going to work, but no. if it doesn't work then that's not that's not an awful place to turn the puck over. It's not like the the offensive blue line where you're going to create an odd man rush the other way. So
2: yeah, as a third-line center, like, and honestly, I think that he's, like, you know, some fans might think he should be moved up, but as a third-line center, you know, he should be kept there, I think. Um, it, it works for him, uh, whether it's, you know, whether he's a third-line center or a third-line winger. Um, I really like him there. It's really good matchup. Anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes uh, game, maybe some more penalty kill time. Uh, yeah, I, I really, really like what he's doing.
1: Yeah, he's... He's breathed some life into the uh, into the bottom six, which uh, I mean, kind of desperately needed. I mean, Larkins had a little bit of a wall here, yeah, lately, yeah. So. And that's a great um, oh, sure, absolutely. I mean, kid's 19 years old, is playing his first professional season. I mean, it's it's completely normal. But that that line has looked good. Uh, um, you know, really they're good, yeah. they're they're creating opportunities. I mean, Athanasio by himself did it against Dallas. <clears throat> They've got, you know, a ton of speed. You've got a good puck mover in Richards with them. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's weird. I was, I was kind of reading around the Internet um, today about uh, reading all the, the wonderful things that are being said about Athenisu, um, all deserved. And some of the comments that I've seen have been, why hasn't he been up all year? And, you know, I, I guess I get that. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it's almost like – I think I almost prefer how it has – transpired where he's kind of come in and, and, and been like a given the team, like a little bit of a jolt here, uh, in in February and March, when you really get into the grind of the season, um, he's, uh, you'd be concerned about him. Uh, First was injured earlier this year. Wasn't he anyway? Yeah. You are. Yeah. So, I mean, so he was injured. So, I mean, that kind of makes it moot, but, um, you know, hypothetically, if he was healthy, I guess I'd be concerned about him hitting some kind of rookie wall right around this point in the season, too, because he's, he hasn't played a full NHL season before either. Um, I that The line is working. The lines are working. Um, I know they kind of got caved in a little bit early by Dallas yesterday, but I mean, Dallas is a hell of an offensive team. It's the fact yeah. that they kept the shot attempts at five on five fairly close is um I think is a testament to they played a, a good game last night a great game um but but a good one
2: yeah I mean it was one of those games to me where um I didn't expect them to win I didn't expect them to even get a point um when they went into overtime I was like ah one point whatever that's that's badass let's let's do it um and uh you know obviously the extra point was great the uh, overtime win but um I didn't expect them to come out and dominate Dallas. Uh, not many teams do that. They are a very good team nowadays. Um, you know, Prashant actually pointed out how many high danger scoring chances they gave out. And it's just like, you know, it, usually that would really bother me. But against a team like Dallas, it's like they're a legitimate elite contender in the league right now. The Red Wings are not. So I'm not really too hung up about that. Um, what I'm really taking away from it is that. Um, see CU played his ass off, and so did Jimmy Howard, and good for him because I can't think of a player on this team more who deserves something like that Luke um, uh, than Jimmy Howard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I think Graham nailed it as far because I was thinking uh, myself that, uh, you know, why the hell hasn't Athens CU been up the whole time? But if you think that if this is right about when Larkin is starting to hit a little bit of a slump, then because it feels like defenses have kind of figured out a lot of his go-tos and they're kind of working around that. Um, this is a great time to enter in another kid who's got that kind of blazing speed that makes defenses have to be a little bit more careful, who is not in the middle of that slump. And so, yeah, I think that's made a huge difference in, in the team lately um, because it, it feels like the other teams have been adjusting, to a lot of them. like, not only Larkin, like it feels like they have kind of figured out uh, Marchenko's weakness, and that's that's why he hasn't looked like as amazing as he did earlier in the season, um, because they figured out, and I, I thought this especially in the the Stadium Series game at course, that instead of hard around dumping it or trying to get away from him, if you do a soft dump to his corner and create a foot race, then you can create problems for him because he's not good at that. So if if you can get it to where your for checking forward gets to the boards at the same time as Marchenko does, that's essentially his weakness, and that's uh, I thought Colorado caused Marchenko a lot of problems in that by doing that.
0: If only we had a defenseman that was a little more agile and had the ability to just skate, you know.
3: No, we Ericsson already traded Kindle though.
1: Oh yeah, and Erickson played so.
3: And, yeah. uh, uh
0: Speaking of trades, but before I segue, uh, I was just glad that there was they kind of kept the momentum from the stadium series and were able to pull out that win. Uh, because I think that the, the stadium series g- game was the type of victory that it's, it's, it can be a big deal when you win and you'll downplay it if you lose, but hopefully they can kind of ride that momentum. Cause they got a couple tough games coming up. But uh, speaking of trades, Kindle was traded finally uh, for something actually uh, nothing crazy, but the, what the, it was a sixth round pick right? And we only retained 15% of his salary.
2: Yeah, uh, you save, what do you spend? 360K, uh, you get rid of Kindle, um, and you get a six round pick in 2017.
0: So, uh, I mean, essentially, Florida didn't want Kindle a few times for free and then
2: decided that they well, would, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, if you look, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. it, and that's weird to think. Like, do, if you look at the, like, in, in the grand scheme of things, who got robbed more? I think i think detroit came out on top easily i do too only because he was on waivers twice
1: and right. you know if, if the retention of salary had been 50 percent um even even something like 25 30 percent you know a million dollars or um something like that you could say okay it was you know it was a financial decision um florida wanted to wanted detroit to kind of pick up some of the cost of, of more of the cost of kindle but I mean fifteen is, percent is nothing. It's it's really nothing. I don't know. They say don't two million. Get, I mean you know, with all the the restricted free agents that they have to sign next year, not just even the big ones, all the little ones down in, in Grand Rapids, I mean that two million dollars that two million dollars can sign you four AHL players to kind of fill out your you know, to to, to do that or um, it can go a long way towards um, uh, you know, keeping Mirazik. Oh, depending on what you want to do with them, which is another topic of discussion, but yeah, I don't know, I, I mean, I don't know if maybe teams were just kind of staying away from him, and Florida just went, ah, fuck it, let's just, let's just try.
3: Yeah, because even and, and, like, like a, pick. a $2.04 million is not something I would want. No,
1: it's... and that's, it, it, so and that's a pick. what they got, yeah. Even, and it's a six-round pick, I mean, let's not act like this is some sort of huge deal. I mean, it's... It's basically, I mean, it's it, it's basically symbolic that you just got uh, something for him.
0: Marchenko was a seventh-round pick, and Datsuk was, and and Zetterberg yeah, was a geez. sixth, and
1: uh, Erickson was the last overall pick in the draft. For a reason. But, I mean, you know, the pick itself is, it. it, it look, it doesn't matter short-term, that's for sure. That sixth-round pick will be, I mean, we'll, it'll be years that we'll be like, oh, wait, he was the sixth-round pick from the Kindle deal? Put him in the Hall of Fame.
2: Pretty much. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, yeah, I'm I
1: mean, there's
3: glad a, there's, it's
2: behind us. I mean, there's a lot. Finally, we can, we're done. Yeah, whatever. And there's, we
3: didn't uh, spend assets, assets for a rental, so that was also a good
2: deal. Yes.
0: The, yes. Yep. The
3: wings didn't trade for Legwand or Cole or any
0: type of player like that, uh, and it's it's the, it's the right it was the right move because now you you have a guy like Athanasiu in a more prominent position that a a old veteran who wasn't going to be here probably long term would have taken up that spot. And
1: <laughs> I
2: mean, you I got mean, a sixth round pick out of it.
1: I mean, I that's that's a win. So. Yeah, I mean, you you clear the roster spot that Kindle takes up, so it's one less player in the way of the kids that are uh, out of the waiver options next year. Um, you gain some cap space and you get a draft pick. I mean, it's that deals that deals a win all the way around. Um, standing Pat, I, look, I wrote that Standing Pat was kind of the way to go. Um, if the Wings had made moves yesterday. My preference was that they would have traded some of the pending unrestricted free agents, like a Helm or a, right or something. I mean, if 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 they were going to do it, they're never going to do that because that's selling, and that's just you know, for as much as we don't like it,
2: that's the way the Red Wings operate. Yeah. So they were. Never- I mean. If Never going to get rid of, of them. But. Yeah. If you think about the players that were dealt uh, yesterday um, and you look at what was paid for them, uh, there aren't very many who I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's a good deal for the Red Wings. Uh, a couple of them that just come to mind are, you know, Brandon Peary, who went for a sixth round pick. Uh, the thing there was that he went to the Ducks, who they they play in the Western Conference in the Pacific. Uh, I doubt that the Panthers are going to deal Brandon Peary, a former 20 goal scorer, to the Red Wings. Uh, for something that cheap. It probably would have been way inflated. Uh, another one, uh, the Devils, who are still a team, who are very much battling for wild card spot despite them selling off some assets. Um, you know, Eric Jelenas went to the Colorado Avalanche for a third-round pick. Those are just deals that I really don't see the Red Wings uh, being in the mix for. So, yeah, if you look at it... Uh, You know, a lot of people really wanted Andrew Ladd to come. And when I say a lot of people, I say mainstream media, radio and stuff like that. They wanted Andrew Ladd. And if you look at Andrew Ladd and what he was dealt for uh, to come to Chicago, there's no in hell I make that kind of comparable trade. So I'm completely fine with standing pat at the uh, trade deadline this year.
3: Yeah, the thing that I want to know what happened with with Kenny and you know, we'll never find out because the diggers never ask and the red wings never tell and like this this shit doesn't even get out to the the national press ever um what was the asking price for Vatnin and, and Truba because those are two buys that I would have liked to have made uh before this season ends uh even though that would be kind of difficult to do and did he even consider selling a pending UFA like uh, Helm or Quincy which I think we could have gotten away with selling um, or was it just like well because that's what he basically told the press there basically, there wasn't a buy to be had so uh, I can believe based on that that maybe he did even try to maybe he called Murray in, in Anaheim and said hey what, what's contravatin and Murray told him yeah okay uh, you're not going to like this yeah um, so, yeah, I can believe that there were no good buys out there, but I want to know if he even considered selling a guy, and we will never, ever know that, and that's what pisses me off.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to really gauge that, and I'm not sure you'll ever figure out if somebody was really on the market. Uh, Vatnin and Truba were rumored to be out there, even Shattenkirk was. But, I mean, when you think about it, the teams that were dealing those kinds of players, aside from Winnipeg, um, and if you think about really what uh, Truba, the rumored asking price for him in his contract was, you know, uh, I don't think the the Ducks are in any spot to move a player like vatanen who is such an impactful player uh, as an offensive defenseman, um, and uh, in in the Blues with Kevin Shattenkirk, I just there was really it was uh, it was a buyer's market in terms of true contenders and the red wings are not a true contender so they did the right move uh, despite what other people want to think or say
1: i think uh i think those types of players i think you're going to see more of what happened with brandon Saad in chicago where if a team believes that they're a legitimate contender they're going to hold on to their players i know winnipeg isn't with truba but i think they're going to make a, a push to uh re-sign him potentially but with, with Anaheim and Vatanen I think – I mean if they trade Votnin right now, they become worse probably uh, because, I mean, you can never have too many good defensemen even if you can do a good hockey trade. I could see uh, a move being made closer to the draft or before free agency where – you basically kind of if if you realize that you are just not going to be able to sign them, you bite the bullet and you trade them away for for picks or something. Maybe it's not as good, but if you can get a Stanley Cup out of it, you know you can you can placate your fans by saying, "Hey, yeah, you know we we had Vatn we 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 held on to him. Maybe we only got a you know a third round pick or a second round pick. I don't know what he he would command uh, as a restricted free agent, but hey, we got this nice shiny cup here." Um, the other part of it is with the selling of wing players. Um, if you kind of look, and I I, I listened to uh, Lou Lamorello on Sirius yesterday morning, and he he said that he had, like, he had P.A. Parento and Michael Grabner both on the market. Like, he had specifically told them, you are probably getting traded, and they didn't get moved. And P.A. Parenteau, he's having a better season than any forward, to, like, on Detroit. Um, Grabner's probably got – probably a slightly better version of Helm. And Lamorel said just, there just was not a market for those guys. So I agree with JJ in that we'll never know if a guy like Darren Helm was on the market. But my, my gut tells me that even if he was, nobody wanted him.
0: I can guarantee you that names were probably thrown out. It's more probable than not. Maybe not in serious discussions, but like, hey, what would you give us for this? Or would you give us anything for that? It, it, nothing serious, but it, it um, it's... It's likely that it happened.
1: Uh, you know, I mean, I think we, we all make fun of, of Ken Holland saying, you know, kicking the tires and stuff. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think I understand what people think he does all day. I mean, he is making calls. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when we got into this yesterday, um, Darren Helm and Brad Richards, their trade value is minimal. minimal. Very minimal, you know, because they're not good enough to put a contending team over the top and make them better. When you look at the other players that that were traded yesterday, like the rental type of forwards, um they're all they were all better than what Detroit could have offered and they got nothing. The only player I thought that might have been overpaid for a little bit was uh, Stemniak, but that's just cuz it's he's the deadline guy now. Well, but have, he's so... got but he's got got 40 points this year. I mean, it's it, you know, even if there is a bit of an overpayment, he's got the production this season that would that would
2: warrant it.
0: Right. Um I was just wondering if that was maybe a little of a panic mood, like, shit, I can't get anything done. Oh, fine, I'll give you a second and a fourth for Stefaniak.
2: It really is. Like, if you look at the Bruins right now, they kind of remind me of the Red Wings last season, even though they're probably maybe a better team. Um, they're not. Nope. Uh, I don't know. I think they might be, but whatever. Anyways, uh, it it, it was definitely a panic move. Like they went for Lyles and uh, uh, Stepniak too. I mean, Lyles isn't good. He's just a really good shot suppression player
0: i really think it was more of a oh shit we're not actually gonna get a first round pick and no one wants louis erickson at the price we're demanding that means i gotta get someone and i have to buy something so oh shit at, yeah, cool you fine just take this chero and and they had, like it was that kind of panic move not so much like we have to get something done but it's like we can't sell so now i have to buy something because if i don't do anything it just i'm gonna be in some deep shit and there's probably a little bit of a mandate to make the playoffs this year and yeah, in the yeah. short run,
3: I'm calling the Bruins the losers on, on deadline day. Um, Will you say that? Let understanding me understanding that. that it is possible that that turn that they turn into winners for it. Uh, if if Stemniak and, and Lyles make a big difference, which they absolutely can, then fantastic move. But I think that they paid too much, and uh, I don't think that they that those players are going to make a big enough difference.
2: Well, considering that they could have had both players for free, uh, yeah, I mean it's pretty hilarious to laugh well, right now. So.
0: I know there's a lot of shit here because they had Stepaniak in camp on a tryout, but, and he was offered basically the same deal that he was offered for New Jersey, and he chose Jersey. So it's, I, I don't, whatever. Uh, JJ, you mentioned winner, loser. Real quick, did you guys have any teams that specifically stood out one way or the other?
2: I think uh, Calgary's the winner. Cal- yeah, Calgary. Sorry, you're not. Calgary. Not JJ. Cal- Calgary. Cal- 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 Calgary. Cal- Calgary. Calgary. Whatever. Calgary. You know, Mr. Canada Boy.
3: Grey yeah, for what they for what they got uh for Russell that's a yeah, huge yeah <laughs> gigantic
2: deal
1: yeah that one that one baff. and then to hear that that they actually preferred Russell over ham Hughes <sighs> like that that baffled me i don't I don't get it i I don't know I mean, I guess I mean we're conditioned to believe that J- Jim Nill you really doesn't do any wrong, but i I don't know it seemed like an awful lot to give for. A, a, a very mediocre defenseman um i liked anaheim's moves i mean they they're playing really well so they didn't really do anything crazy their forwards are better because they got peary their defense is a little bit better because they got McGinn, again and they gave up nothing i mean that division i think they're gonna win the the pacific now
2: um yeah i think the I mean, peary I think thing is really a, a really today. good addition um so, the,
1: the, I mean, everybody's pointing to Chicago and they made big splashy moves, but I still think Chicago's defense is a tire fire behind their top pairing. I mean, they've got Keith and, and Jomerson playing. I mean, unless those guys play 30 minutes a night, their defense is still garbage, even with Christian Ehrhoff there, who's an upgrade over Rob Scuderi. I mean, it, it, Dallas, Chicago to me looks like a team that recognized that their defense sucks And load it up on offense because they're just going to have to – they're going to have to just kind of score four goals a game and pray that Corey Crawford doesn't fall apart. Because if Crawford falters and Darling can't come in and and save him like they did last year, I could see them getting bounced by a team that maybe has some hot goaltending and a good defensive core.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. Um I think uh, even though Anaheim you know got the the win with trading for Perry I think that Florida did some really good moves too um, because but look. I I still don't think that it makes them like a real strong contender but I they they really limited what a mistake would cost them in the long run so I think they're good there um I think that uh arizona got the better of colorado in in their trade and therefore they're a trade deadline winner because colorado buying was hilariously stupid
1: yeah and, that uh,
3: i can't i'll never get over that because they like yeah you see chicago buying and and you see all all the other shit that goes down and colorado's like yeah we're gonna hang with these guys in the central and that's just a, a, a freaking joke um and big, big losers. I think Vancouver was the biggest loser of, of yeah. their absolute inability to make a single move of note when uh, Jim Benning announced they were basically an open market, open for business. Everybody but the are, are, is is on the block. And then... Like, just hearing the stories of what went down with with the Ham deal, like, where they had a slightly better deal on the table for Chris Russell, and Benning basically hardballed it, thinking that, that Ham Hughes was going to get this huge return, and he just shot himself in the foot, and now he's just kind of, you know, s- stuck playing with his own toys out there. But that's been a season-long thing of just absolutely puzzling moves out of Vancouver uh, in regards to what the hell Jim Benning is doing, so good, fuck them.
2: I mean, if you think about it, they like they have redeemed Vervada. You seriously could have dealt him for anything. You could have gotten him for anything. Your team's not going to make the playoffs. Like, what the hell is your problem? So I yeah, I know.
1: mean, I, I don't understand. Maybe they're under the delusions that they can still push for the playoffs, which it would be hilarious because they're they're not even going to come close. But. You know, Ham Hughes, you could easily have gone to him and said, because I think he had a no trade, and you could have gone to him and said, look, where do you want to go? We'll, we'll make a deal work. We'll get some assets and then fucking, you know, go out, check up. If you win, great. If you don't, great come back in in on July one when you're an unrestricted free agent. We'll you know, we'll take care of you, wink wink. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, hey, our doors open. You can you know, if you decide that you want to come back talk to us when you're a free agent, we'll we'll listen and we'll try and get something done. Whatever, you can get some assets. Verbata makes no sense to keep him for this. You could have gotten you could have Verbata would have made some sense in Boston, quite honestly to me. Um Yeah. But you know, that's just me. And but you could have gotten a couple of draft picks. I mean I don't know what Vancouver reminds me of what Detroit could have been with Datsuk and Zetterberg of, you know, you had a window, it's clearly closed, and you just fail to recognize that it's closed. And you continue to just, you just think that, hey, you know what, I've still got these two stars who are still very good, but obviously well past their prime. And, you know, maybe, maybe all the other 29 teams will all just forfeit the season and we'll win a cup.
0: Hmm. Well I will say the biggest uh winners of them all are our listeners because they don't have to listen to us anymore and they get to listen <laughs> to Michelle's prospects report.
4: It was a good week for the Griffins last week as they swept their three games in three nights over the weekend. After their matinee game last Tuesday, they had a couple of days off before playing Friday night, Saturday night, and then Sunday afternoon. Friday night, they handily beat the Iowa Wild 4-1, to Kendall, Ryan Sproul, Eric Tangrady, and Yoakam Anderson each scoring a goal, and Jared Coro making 35 saves. Saturday night was a rematch between the two teams, and Tom McCullum got the start on his bobblehead giveaway night, and he stopped all 29 shots he faced, earning his first sh- shutout of the season, and surprised surprisingly, only his seventh shutout in his seven-year AHL career. In that game, Robbie Russo, louis Marc Aubrey, and Murdy Firk scored the goals for the Griffins to give them their 3 nothing win. On Sunday afternoon, the Griffins looked more like they were playing their third game in three nights. And with three minutes left in regulation, the Griffins trailed 3-2. But Robbie Russo let a quick shot fly from the point that beat Jordan Bennington, and we had a tie game. Danny Cristo was called for boarding shortly after that and the Griffins finished off regulation and started overtime on the power play. Less than a minute into overtime, Jeremy Welsh high sticked Andy Mealy right in the schnoz and made him bleed his own blood so the Griffins would have the rest of overtime on the power play. They kept possession in the offensive zone the entire time until they scored, but it was kind of infuriating to watch because they didn't get many shots off. As has been the case with their power play, way too many times, there's a lot of passing back and forth around the outside, keeping possession of the puck around the perimeter and cycling around, but not getting to the inside, not getting many shots off, and not really being that dangerous. But with 35 seconds left in overtime, the power play units changed. Andy Mealy came streaking out onto the ice with cotton stuffed up both his nostrils from the high stick treatment. And of course, who but Meal scores the OT winner. And the Griffins win 4-3. Mantha and Russo picked up the assists, while Bennington and the Wolves were irate, claiming that Mantha had committed goaltender interference while screening Bennington. The game was over, though, and they had to eat their own shorts because there was nothing they could do about it. The refs deemed it a good goal, the players celebrated, and went to their respective dressing rooms. Mitch Callahan and Tomasz Nozick scored the Griffins' first two goals of the game, and Jared Coro made 18 saves. After a rough patch, the Griffins now have a five-game win streak going, and they've outscored their opponents 21-6 in those five games. 21-6! to 6. Robbie Russo's been red-hot lately, and with five assists and two goals in his last four games, after only having two assists in his previous four games and four points his previous 25 games, he was honored by being named the CCM AHL Player of the Week. He's the second Griffin this year to win the award. Tomas Yurko was honored on November 22nd, and Russo is only the second Griffin's defenseman ever to earn the Player of Week honors. The first was rookie Clay wilson back. In 2005, Rusa picked up a pair of assists on Tuesday in the Griffins' 5 0 win over the Chicago Wolves, tallied two more assists on Friday in the 4 1 win over Iowa, and then scored the game winning goal on Saturday's 3 0 victory over the Wild. But wait, there's more. He also scored the game tying goal with 2.42 left in regulation on Sunday, and then assisted on Andy Mealy's overtime winner as the Griffins downed Chicago 4 3 on Sunday afternoon. That's a pretty darn good week for the rookie defenseman. So far this season, Russo's totaled 4 goals and 23 assists for 27 points in 50 games with the Griffins. He leads all AHL skaters in plus-minus with plus-37, which, to be completely honest, I'm really tired of hearing about, simply because so many people are focusing on his plus-minus rating and touting that as saying that he's so good, when there are other things that do make him good, but are actually more useful. As he currently sits, though, his plus-37, and is just four off from the Griffins' all-time single-season record from 2000-2001. Robbie Russo's been on the ice just 23 times this season when the opponent has scored, and that includes three power play goals and two empty netters. There have been quite a few other players, though, that are hot, maybe not quite as hot as Russo, but still doing great. Ryan Sproul had a goal and two assists in three games last week, and he now has five points in his last five games. Marty Firk picked up two more points over the week, and then he continues to lead the Griffins in goals with 22 and power play goals with 9. Anthony Mantha's is still hot, and he picked up two assists in the last three games, and he has 10 points in his last nine games. He's third on the team in scoring with 38 points, third in goals with 17, and he's just two behind Eric Tangrady and five behind Marty Firk for team lead. Mitch Callahan also picked up a goal and an assist in three games, and he now has five points in his last five games. Tomasz Nosek picked up four points in his last five games and Andy Mealy has five points in his last six. Jared Coro stopped 53 of 57 shots in the two games that he played this weekend, and he's climbed up to third place in the AHL in save percentage with a 9.28. The Griffins' penalty kill over the last three games was pretty good. They killed off seven of nine penalties, puts them at 13th in the league at 82.8%. However, their power play continues to struggle mightily. They went three for 14 over the weekend. They currently rank 24th in the league out of 30 teams at 15.5%. It continues to baffle me how their power play isn't better. But again, one of their hugest weaknesses is not getting the puck to the inside. They allow the penalty killers on the other team to box them out, and they cycle, cycle, cycle. They'll keep possession, keep possession, and pass it around, but not actually get the puck into dangerous areas, into the middle, or even on net. Most of the success they've had on the power play this season has come when they finally get somebody in the middle screening the goalie, and they get somebody that will just drive the net, that will get the puck to the inside and take the shot. The Griffins currently sit third in the Central Division with 68 points, but they gained some ground from last week. They're only one point behind the second. Place Milwaukee Admirals and two points behind the Rockford Ice Hogs for Central Division lead. And the Griffins currently sit fourth in the Western Conference. The Griffins have a couple nights off before getting back into action on Wednesday at seven, where they host the Rockford Ice Hogs in Grand Rapids. Then they hit the road for back-to-backs in Charlotte with Friday night and Saturday night against the Checkers. Down in Toledo, the Walleye also swept their three-game weekend with a 6-1 win over the Brampton Beast on Friday night, a 5-2 win over the Greenville Swamp Rabbits on Saturday, and a 2-1 win over the Indy Fuel on Sunday. Zach Nastasiak had a goal and an assist in three games, and Jake Patterson picked up two starts and wins, stopping 19 of 20 shots in the 6-1 win over the Beast on Friday, and then he made 24 saves on 25 shots in the 2-1 win over the Fuel on Sunday. That's 43 saves and two goals against in two games for the rookie netmine and he continues to improve and impress. Patty's improved to a 9.22 save percentage and has a 12-8-2 record and one shutout in 23 games. And just for some context, that 9.22 save percentage is the 10th best save percentage in the entire ECHL and is fourth best among rookie goaltenders. After a bit of a rocky start, he's climbing his way up and continues to improve. I don't think it'll be long before he's ready to start pushing for a spot in Grand Rapids. The just continue to increase their stranglehold on the first in the Northern Division with 75 points. They're 18. 18- points ahead of second place Wheeling Nailers and they're tied for second place in the entire ECHL. Their upcoming schedule looks like this. They're headed to Florida where they play a three game set against the Everblades. The first game is on Wednesday night, then rematch is back to back on Friday and Saturday night. In other prospects news, Ville Sarajarvi had a lone assist in three games last week and he was the third star in the game, which was also Flint's only win. Ville continues to put an incredibly high number of shots on net, especially for defensemen, getting off 16 in his last three games, and he continues to lead his entire team in shots with 175 in 50 games. Over in the QMJHL, Evgeny Svechnikov had nine penalty minutes, including a fight and an instigator penalty in a 3-0 loss to the Gatineau Olympics, then picked up an assist in a 5-2 loss to the Royan Naranda Huskies, and then scored two goals, including one shorthanded in an 8-1 win over the Valdor Fouriers. Chevy has 30 goals and 69 points in 45 games, which puts him at 16th in the Q scoring race and third in points on his team. In Western Hockey League news, I've heaped a lot of praise on Joe Hicketts this year, and really since the Red Wings designed him as a free agent out of training camp, but he continues to earn that praise. He scored twice in a 6-2 win over the Red Deer Rebels last week, tallying both a power play and shorthanded empty net goal, and he was the first star in the game. Then two nights later against the Edmonton Oil Kings, he scored another goal earned an assist and was the third star in the 6-1 win. Victoria continues to roll with the wins and Hicketts has moved up to 8th among all Western Hockey League defensemen in points and is also 8th in power play assists in the entire league among all skaters. With 52 points in 52 games this season, Hicketts continues to earn high praise from all over the junior hockey sphere, whether it be from his coaches, from trainers, from scouts, from media, anybody who knows anything about junior hockey specifically the Western Hockey League and who's talking about these players constantly brings up Joe Hicketts not only his performance on ice but what a pro he is and his demeanor and his attitude and they say that the Red Wings got a great steal when they signed him the Royals have clinched a playoff spot and lead the entire Western Hockey League in points with 92, so it looks like it's going to be a good long run for Hickets and the Royals. Dominic Turgeon had a goal and an assist in three games with the Portland Winterhawks, and he still leads his team in goals with 30, in points with 60, power play goals with 10, and shorthanded goals with 3. The Winterhawks are still in the playoff hunt, currently 6th in the Western Conference with 68 points. In the U.S. Hockey League, defenseman Pat Holloway was traded from the Dubique Fighting Saints to the Sioux City Musketeers on February 22nd. He's had a bit of a slow season this year, only 1 goal and 8 points in 39 games. Production-wise, just for some context, that puts him at 75th in the league among defensemen in scoring. Hallways committed to the University of Maine next season, and I think it's going to be a good path for him to take. He's still a very young man with a lot of maturing to do. Chase Perry finished off the regular season with a 23-16-2 record, an 8.92 save percentage, 2.62 goals against average, and five shutouts in 43 games played. He was the fifth-ranked goalie in the BCHL by goals against average, first among rookies. He was the second in shutouts with five, which was also first among rookies. Third in wins in the league, first among rookies, and Wenatchee kicks off their playoff run on March 5th against the Langley Rivermen in a best-of-seven series from the first round. In college hockey news, James DeHaas had an assist, five shots on goal, two penalty minutes, and was a plus-three in two wins for Clarkson over the weekend. Clarkson finished 5th in the ECAC with 23 points, and the playoffs get underway on March 4th, and Clarkson takes on Princeton in the first round. On the season, Haas has 3 goals, 10 assists, 76 shots on goal, 24 penalty minutes, and was a minus 1 in 34 games. He finished 27th in scoring among defensemen out of 87 players, just for a little bit of context on where he ranks. Mike McKee only played one game for Western Michigan since January 23rd, and Western's final two regular season games are this upcoming weekend. They're currently 7th out of 8 teams in the NCHC with 17 points. McKee has 1 goal, 3 assists, 28 penalty minutes in 20 games played this season. And remember, the Red Wings have until August 15th to decide if they want to sign McKee to a contract or not. If they don't, he becomes a free agent and nothing more happens. As it is, it's not looking that great and the Red Wings would really have to have an extra contract that they wanted to put out there in order to sign McKee because it's not looking like his upside is that great right now. David Pope has played 11 games since December 19th but he hasn't registered a point since then. He has 4 goals and 3 assists in 20 games for the University of Omaha, Nebraska and 2 regular season games left that will be played this upcoming weekend. UNO is currently 6th out of 8 teams in the NCHC with 25 points. Over in Europe Christopher N has now played 14 games with the Junior 20 for Lunda team and he has 9 goals and 16 points in those 14 games. With the pair. Team in the SHL, he has two assists in 34 games. Axel Holmstrom finished the season with seven goals and 22 points, which was second in scoring among all junior players in the SHL. He was also tied for second in goals with seven. First in power play goals with three and first in power play points with ten. And among junior players in the Swedish hockey league, he was second in face-off percentage with fifty. In the mailbag post this week, Lancerman asked a question that I want to tackle in this prospect segment. They asked, what is the realistic future of Axel Holmstrom? Is he another Swede like Jan Krook, Jan Janmark, Bachman, and maybe Olmquist, who will not have the patience for the Red Wings prospects waiting game and will ultimately make the NHL with another team? Should we even let ourselves get hooked up to the Hakan Anderson High? Train on this one. I ask this because I really want to buy a new Holmstrom jersey in a few years. I don't think it's fair to compare Axel Holmstrom to Jarncrook, Jan Janmark, Bachmann, and Almquist in this instance. I think it was clear for years that Almquist wasn't going to be good enough to make the NHL. He played a very small, very unsafe game, and he often put himself in positions, even in the AHL, to get hurt, along with some questions about whether he would be able to perform defensively well enough at the NHL level, or if his offense would carry over enough to make worth the while. He was a questionable defensive prospect and I didn't expect him to make the Red Wings. Yarncrook was traded before he had a chance to make the Red Wings and a big reason why he was traded was because the Wings had enough depth at center and they were in a pinch and they could afford to trade him away. Same thing with Janmark. He wanted to come over and play in the NHL. The Wings didn't have any room for him on their roster. He wasn't good enough to make it there and again Janmark became an asset that we could trade away. Bachman missed home a lot and wasn't getting playing time in Grand Rapids and it's it's really hard to blame him for deciding to go back to Sweden. Axel Holmstrom is one of the reasons the Red Wings felt that they could trade away both Crook and Janmark, both of those guys being centers as well. When they drafted Holmstrom, they were so impressed with how he was doing, and they saw so much in his future that they decided that these other two prospects, they could afford to trade away and get assets that we needed in the immediate future. I don't think the patience is going to be an issue for Holmstrom. He's a kid that takes a lot of pride in the process and in improving and his work ethic, And everything that I've heard from him stresses that he's willing to be patient and go along with the process and do what needs to be done. And I think that there could be a spot for him on the Red Wings, and I think that he could fill a role that maybe will need to be filled. I don't think he's going to be a superstar player, but I don't expect him to uh, fizzle out or be a dud. And, I mean, there's always the potential there that the Red Wings could trade him away. You know, maybe in a year we'll be in such a different position. Maybe something will have happened. Uh, But I kind of doubt it. It still sounds like the Red plan for him to come over to Grand Rapids next year or the following year uh, and I do think that at least for the time being he's in their longer term plans but I will also say this if you really want to buy a new Holmstrom jersey in a few years do it if you like a player get the jersey I know that a lot of people will be really strict and they only want to buy a jersey if that player you know is a regular on their team or is going to be there long term but honestly if you like a player and you love the team and you want to get a jersey with their name and their number on it go for it. Plus, with Holmstrom, even if Axel didn't work out, you could just tell everybody it was in Tomas Holmstrom jersey and nobody would fault you for it. So that's my two cents worth on that topic. And until next week, that's what's going on in the world of Red Wings prospects.
0: Thanks, Michelle. JJ. Yeah. Questions, let's do it.
3: All right. We're going to uh Rip through a lot of these pretty quickly, starting with uh, Amy class right off the bat. How does Chicago keep making huge moves to make a run each year as of late that eventually leads to them winning the Cup as often as they don't, and will it take the same management style for Detroit to rejoin the upper echelon of the NHL?
2: Apparently the, they weren't fans a few years ago, or multiple the, years ago. The
1: short answer is that they have uh, probably the most stable core of in-their-prime guy's Still, and for a long time, they were on decent deals. Yes, yeah. that's the. I mean, that's the key well, to remember. And, that and T- their guys, they were on. Keith has probably got the best contract in the NHL. Well,
0: and that. and they've got guys who have the long-term deals that are legal now that have worked out. Unlike Franz and for us, their hosta deal and their Keith deal have worked out for them, and those wouldn't be legal to sign now. So they've benefited from that luck and and decision making, and that they had really fucking good players cheap for a long time
1: well and they have the you know they have the kind of the prestige around them now where they can lure a guy like panarin from the khl and basically pay him very little and uh,
0: and he hit on like, sod they hit and, on and, yeah
1: they've you know they, they draft well um so they have core guys and then they basically they just all they're doing with this with these moves they're replenishing bottom six forwards i mean they're not remaking their top six they paid a lot Lap, but they're chasing a cup. They're doing what Detroit used to do. And when, which when was basically,
0: you in three and six years, yeah, you, can you can do, do that. Do no one's going to complain. Yeah. Even it's if it doesn't work
3: reason. this year, it's like, you know what? Hey, the windows be a difference only between so Chicago long. and Detroit and what Detroit can control because we can't, uh, we don't have a, the draft picks that they got that they kind of lucked into getting that core. That's, that's amazing. Is the willingness to move on from guys maybe even a little too soon because Chicago had Dustin Bufflin. Chicago had Andrew Ladd. Um, these guys went on to play pretty big roles elsewhere that they got rid of as, as a cap crunch, and it didn't end up hurting them terribly bad. Uh, I think Detroit has, you know, when we end up trading guys, it's Jakob Kindle and where it's a point where we're absolutely thrilled to get a six-rounder and we only have to retain 15% of salary for a guy that went in the first round. Um, So, yeah, Chicago's willingness to pull the trigger a little bit faster on guys and their ability to do so because they have that long-standing core is is a big difference. And I don't know if if Detroit can do that right now. And I don't know if Chicago can can continue doing that because their core guys – are no longer cheap. Taves and Kane are very large chunks now, so it's they're going to have to keep kind of uh, getting lucky as far as these uh, these iffy guys hitting, and that's and, that's going to run out. And that's why the, the, going I, for it now is no big deal. Yeah, they ought to absolutely go. Absolutely, for it. might as well.
1: Absolutely, yep. So,
3: all right, rapid fire. Uh, Operator G, who picks the pictures for the win posts like the mailbag? Uh, I post. I pick that. I pick all the pictures. That's not true. No. It's the author of each article picks the picture.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the picture I'm going to pick for quick hits is going to be Kyle's butt mooning. No.
2: Do it. I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> That'll make so at it even time, funnier. the same time, I really don't care, so do whatever you want.
3: Okay. Assuming the Wings make the playoffs, who do you want to face in the first round? Florida. Jeff? Anyone but Boston?
1: Oh, fuck. I was <laughs> going to say Boston.
0: I'm well, I, I just mean that from a more personal standpoint. I, oh, well, easy. Uh, Tampa. Give uh, me Tampa. I'll
1: say, I'll say Boston.
0: I want the revenge factor
3: there. Uh, I think I want Florida, too, because I think they're a paper tiger. Uh, and then uh, the second part of that question is, who will you be rooting hardest for and hardest against if we get knocked out in the first round or miss the playoffs?
0: I will root for Washington. I will root against Boston easy yeah same with same
3: with Jeff against boston uh, against chicago against los angeles it's like
2: chicago yeah at this
1: point, I this I will
3: would ruin
2: love I would love a Dallas versus Washington Stanley Cup final oh,
1: that would be that would be so that would be sexy. fantastic hockey yeah washington is my pick uh for chicago is my pick against
2: just watching yeah. Sagan and Ben go against Kuznetsov and uh Ovechkin or Baxman Ovechkin, whichever one. It'd just be so much fun. And and Washington would definitely win that, by the way.
3: True. The real bad part is there then uh, TJ Oshie and Brooks Orpik both win a cup, but eh, whatever. Ovechkin gets it and we get to spend all summer uh, trolling about how Crosby has as many as Ovechkin now. So, be <laughs> o- totally okay with that. Uh, our sizzle after winning three straight and moving three points away from first place in the division, how happy are you that we are almost back up to an even goal differential?
2: <laughs> I will tell you after the next four or five games.
3: <laughs> I mean, it won't matter because the next
0: game they lose will be like five to one and we'll be back at square one, point one, whatever.
1: Well, Morazic's playing, so yeah. He
2: sucks. <laughs> <laughs> see what happens. I can't say right now. I'm happy that they're on the streak that they are, but I can't say how I feel about the standings because anytime I do or anybody else does, it just seems to backfire. Kind of like when we were in first at one point, everybody was like, oh, yeah, first. And then, oh, how's it been ever since? Yeah,
3: get your expectations up too high. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know I agree, what? though. I've, I've privately, like, cheered every time our goal differential gets back up to, uh, to even even and all like – and then it falls back down, so fuck it. I'm giving up on the goal differential thing right now. Yep.
1: Winning is winning. It doesn't matter how.
3: Okay. Uh, let's see. There's a duck question, so nope.
1: <laughs>
3: Would you rather date a Bandwagon Blackhawks fan or a real Bruins fan?
0: Oh, a Bandwagon Blackhawks fan. Yeah, they are sure. Bandwagons fans. Once the Wings start winning,
3: they'll just join your team. Boom. <laughs> nice. That's the right answer. Nobody yeah, knows. that's the best answer. No one else answer. All right. Nope. Uh Let's see. That's not a question. Idiot.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: what is the realistic future of Axel Holmstrom? Is he another Swede like Jorn Kroc? Uh, Jan Mark Backman and maybe Almquist who will not have the patience for the Red Wings prospect waiting game and will ultimately make the NHL with another team? Uh, should we even let ourselves get hooked up to the Hawken Anderson hype train for Axel Holmstrom?
2: Is anybody uh, really hooked up on him right now? Like. His name's cool. I hope they keep. Yeah, him. I mean, he has a cool name. He's doing really well at a young age in the SHL, which is great. Um, he's going to spend another year in the SHL. That was the Red Wings' uh, decision. Like, just like, can we not get to that point yet? Let's just chill out. Let's just hope the kid develops into a really good NHL player, uh, good enough to crack the lineup in the easily crackable lineup that we will have in the next few years let's just you know let's pump the brakes we don't need to speculate like that right now in my opinion
3: i think he will be good and i also think that he's got a good enough attitude where i don't think we have to worry about the the concept of him losing patience and making ultimatums or anything
2: yeah i mean um, i think we have seen more of a, an attitude or a personality from uh from, from 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 holmstrom than we ever did with yarn crook or uh, any of the Swedish prospects who aren't here anymore like he has he. Ha- I mean if you look at what him and uh, Larkin you know the way that they interact on the internet and the way that he interacts on the internet uh, uh, speaking of Holmstrom I, I mean of course uh, you know he seems like a guy who is pretty content so whatever
3: yeah Larkin, Athens, EU, Holmstrom as our top three centers in four years
2: yes I like it yep. I like that a lot
3: all right. Uh, how much longer do you think Ken Holland is the GM of the Wings?
2: As long as he wants.
3: Four years. Five Five years.
2: As long as he wants. I like Graham's answer better. I'm going four. I think four years. When's Zetterberg's deal up? Four years? As long as he wants or until What's they it? run out of uh, – until the NHL abolishes the cap era.
0: Until Prashant gets some uh, experience uh, with
2: an NHL team. As long He's as he, he wants.
3: He's currently I think I'd 60, want Pr- so I'll give him nine years. I'd want him as a coach, maybe nice. more than the
2: GM. Nice. As long
3: as he wants. Uh, Let's see. With Ken Holland not trading at this trade deadline, is this him finally realizing that the way of the future is the kids? uh, That they will start playing the kids to get them experience with making the playoffs and giving the kids the taste of playoff hockey? I hope so. I think
1: so. So If you you read his comments, I mean, this... He sounds like a man that has realized that it is time fully to turn it over to the next generation. But I think that... You know, we all had this idea that the next generation was going to be led by Tatar Nyquist, and I think that's not the case. I think he, hes talking next generation is Larkin, and 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 that type of those young, really young players.
0: Yeah, the, Tatar and Nyquist are kind of like that weird like middle ground, not as good as we probably hope they'd be, but still good <laughs> hockey players that are going to quickly going to be the the veterans on the team. Minus the really old guys. I think
1: Tar Nyquist in the next two, three years are going to be great. Um, they're going to continue to be really good top six wingers that are never going to be your drivers. I mean they're right. not going to take the team and put them on the back and well, lead like, them to victory. But... I guess it's
0: philpola Hoodler. Yeah, exactly. I was just yeah. going to say no. that. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly I'm not, maybe not exactly but like with
3: I, style holistically but more of what the fans think of him, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I like that analogy. That's a good one.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, recently, Qu- Kenny was quoted as saying the upgrades have to come within their organization, listed several players that are going to be out of waiver exemption next season. Uh, yeah, these are guys like uh, Marchenko, Ouellette, uh Jackson. Jensen, and Sproul. Uh, of the ones you mentioned as becoming waiver eligible, which ones would you want to see make the team next season, and which ones have enough value to become a piece in a potential trade this offseason? Paul
2: Finnan is number one.
3: I'd like to see what
0: Sproul could do, but I don't. I'm not. I don't have any expectations for him. More Jensen. I mean, Jensen's like 35
2: already. <laughs> I think Russo has jumped everybody. Yeah, but I he's point. and rightfully so. Sproul, he's played his ass off. I think Sproll could
1: could be an attractive trade piece. I mean, he's big. He's got yeah. a big shot. Right, and yeah. look at Eric Jel. Look at Eric Gel- just moved over to Colorado. Um, I I could see Sproll as being that type of player. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a team that, you know, maybe is a little bit younger and maybe just needs a little bit of help with some depth on defense, but isn't isn't afraid to maybe take a a flyer on a on a project. I'm thinking maybe like an Arizona type of uh, team. I could see Perhaps, Sproul yeah. yeah, I could see Sproul
2: being attractive for them. But I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be cool with trading Sproul for even a prospect that has more term than. I mean, or, you gotta trade some
0: yeah. of them because you're probably gonna lose them.
1: Trade them or otherwise.
2: play them, otherwise they're. I mean, I guess that's the other question is, of those,
1: if you know, if they're not gonna make the team and they're not gonna trade them, because I mean, you can't completely gut
2: Grand Rapids. Who clears waivers?
1: Jensen.
3: I think Jensen might
2: clear. Yeah, waivers. Jensen definitely would. I don't think. I don't because I,
0: I. think this, this. The potential of a sprawl is higher than the potential of a Jensen. Yeah. He's younger too,
2: right? Jensen's had a really rough season with Grand Rapids. I think he just hasn't put up the points. I think Russo has really taken over uh, that spot of the mobile, uh, y- you know, smaller framed, fleet-footed, uh, right shooting defenseman.
3: So I'm gonna go a, little hot, a little hot takey and like say I just I kind of don't care about any of the guys in Grand Rapids right now, and I I wish I did, but I don't think that a lot of them. I don't think any of them really have any trade value. And I'm not sure about the the waiver value of any of them, uh, save for maybe Russo, because yeah, he's he's the hot the hot ticket item right now.
1: Yeah, that's okay. We'll just wait for Mitchkin to come up next year and solidify that fourth line. There
2: we go. Yeah. Uh,
3: which deadline acquisitions do you think live up to the demands/slash expectations, and which do not?
2: Uh, it's so hard to say. I mean, any of the Lad will, just yeah, oh my...
3: good good players
2: around him. Well, I mean, that depends, though. If 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 the Chicago Blackhawks don't win the Stanley Cup, then that's kind of, I don't know. Uh,
3: Ladd's not, Ladd will be insulated from that because if they don't win the Stanley Cup, it'll get blamed on Crawford. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah
1: that's true. Crawford of the defense.
3: Yeah. Um, I think Chris Russell has the highest um, chance of being considered a total flop because I think Dallas's defense isn't that good anyway. And if they lose, it'll get blamed on the defense and Eric's, specifically on Russell.
0: Eric Stahl, I think if he can be decent for New York, people will look at that and be like, hey, good trade. Yeah.
2: I mean, Eric's also a really good player. I think that he might end up being a free agent after it all, but, you know, whatever. I
3: think he's going back to Carolina, and I think Carolina is a forgotten deadline winner that uh, that we didn't mention earlier.
2: That might yeah. happen. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: I think Kendall is going to be just lights out as a shutdown defenseman for
3: Florida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe 91 has two entertaining questions. Question Ooh, one. Entertaining. Delete one of the following three things from existence. Choose only one. Selfies, Johan Franzen's contract, or basketball.
0: I
2: like selfies are
3: I'm good. gonna go
0: I'm going with B. Yeah, I'll go with B too. Because I'm not deleting Johan Franzen. It's says just his contract, so Great. you yeah. still get all the memories from 08. <laughs> you just don't have to his contract afterwards. Basketball, dunks, more points, more fun. And Basketball's selfies. Fun. I took way too many of them with Kyle.
3: Yep. You guys over this yep. past weekend. Yeah, to we need to immediately destroy that. So, yeah, selfies are fun. Basketball isn't my thing, but I appreciate that a lot of people think it's fun. Uh, Johan Franz's contract is the right answer. And then, yes. question number one, uh, because he <laughs> get good at numbering questions, uh, which <laughs> of the following four events is likely to happen first an Athena hat trick, a Datsuk hat trick, Khaleesi coming to Westeros, or Jared Koro's first win?
2: Oh, God. Um, Rapid fire that's a really good question. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go the hot takeaway. I'm going to go ahead and say Caro's first win. Why not happen for McCall. Uh, I'm going with, uh, Athens, you. It'll be a datsu Patrick. No, yeah. it's how many times have we been so close? It's not going to happen. He, he,
1: he I, I mean, I hate to be the well, actually guy, but he technically hey, has one.
0: What's a Khaleesi. I don't know it was tarot. I, I don't oh, know. Game I just Thrones. ignored that. All right, no. I'm like I was googling that because I'm like <laughs> that is. I'm like, is it? No, Google it. No, seriously, I was like, Google this... it.
1: You will be. You will be happy. You did.
0: I was like, is, is, is
1: there some commentators that I or some no, the Game of Thrones? It's I... Game of Thrones. Oh, I. Have no I idea. almost said that, and then I thought, uh, I don't know where they're God. at. I'm, I'm still still catching up. Oh, forgive me for being well-read. I read books. I don't spend all my time on the internet. Yeah, whatever. Most of it.
3: What
0: am I looking
1: at?
3: All right. Uh, what are the odds they actually play their six best defensemen?
1: I mean, we were close they
3: to it, it thanks they to injuries. Are. But... Uh, uh,
1: uh, they did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> then
3: Erickson came back. And
1: oh,
0: I thought you were away. just taking a shot at me.
1: No. Making no. fun of Brendan Smith. No, because <laughs> I like Brendan Smith, and I think he deserves to be in the lineup. We like Brendan Smith. It's okay. I wonder if um, – I'm curious to see what the lines are for the game against Chicago because um, – uh should be the same. He was – He was very – I wonder what after they lose a game because I think that's when you will see changes being made. As long as they're winning, I don't think they want to mess around with it.
0: Hey, here's my question. You want Smith back in the lineup, but Smith coming in the lineup means Marchenko comes out, meaning you get Erickson back with Cronwall because you figure they put Smith back with Green. Is that worth it to you?
3: Man, they should have traded Smith, huh? Mm.
0: Or do you keep Green with Erickson and you put Smith with Cronwall? Boom,
1: solved it. Or take out Erickson put in yeah, Smith
2: for Erickson. Erickson. Smith needs to be in the game. Erickson really has no business being in right now. Yeah, but that's never going to happen. And we know I know it true. isn't, but whatever. I mean, we're just stuck with it. And you know what's funny? I'm going to go off on this real quick because I was listening to a little bit of the Detroit Sports Talk radio tonight, which is a huge mistake. I understand, but they are talking about how Erickson has had a really good season because he's had a, a – a, a, like, what is he, like, plus eight or something? And I just got so mad. I was like, how are you so stupid? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? He is visually he's visually bad. Like, it's not even...
0: But their audience doesn't know any different, so...
2: Yeah, well, apparently they don't They, don't ha- they need to they watch don't have to, the game. They,
0: they don't have to be educated on it because the people listening to that don't care or don't know. You know what? A people lot like you game. who do care just get angry and then turn it off and don't listen anymore, and it doesn't matter.
2: true.
3: All right, Tom Burgess wants to know who breaks the slump after the Stadium Series game. Um, you know, big third period goals from uh, Goose, Abby, and Richards. Who's more likely to break the slump and start producing for the big push?
1: Larkin! Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going with Tatar. I know he wasn't mentioned there, but he scored in the first period. He was also... One happy. of the players that hadn't uh, been lighting it up, honestly, Nyquist has been playing just fine lately. He's been getting chances. I, Tatar to me has been the more invisible. He played too. like nine minutes last game,
3: right? Yeah, Tatar and Nyquist. nine yeah, yeah. minutes seriously cut.
1: Yeah. So, I, but I think Tatar is the one who who breaks out because he also he I don't know. There's something about him right now. I, I just think he's he's just due. It's a gut feeling.
3: Yeah, I agree. I get that feeling about him too. Um, I say you seen Nyquist? Yep. I enjoy seeing teams fight for their playoff lives. Red Wings 26, 13, 5. Uh, wants to know: Is there too much parody in the NHL?
0: Mm. Is there,
3: there
1: though? There, yes. There's a parody
3: at the middle. Blackhawks are the Kings win all the cups. So,
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, is it? Is it? Do you want to see just basically the playoff teams decided in December and? Everybody else sucks. Because, I mean, the other thing about that is, with parody, if you have a bunch of bad teams playing a bunch of good teams all the time, you don't have a lot of good games. I'm not saying you have great games now, but at least the games will mean something. So if I don't every know, watching team,
3: bad teams getting stomped is fun.
1: Depends on who they are. Because after a while, it becomes, if you don't like the good teams, then it becomes like, oh, uh, hmm. Uh,
3: you know, need I, to be like I, a hockey hipster. and like. I, I honestly don't
0: mind the parody overall. I wish there was I some... Either, personally. Cool. I mean, I just wish the Wings were the teams winning the championship. Yeah, see, so I think but, we
3: may actually have a perspective issue here where it's like the parody really hasn't changed as much as people think it is. The Red Wings have changed.
1: Right. Yeah, just, they were just, the. It's just different teams on top at the moment. Yeah, because the, the Red Wings used to be the Washingtons and the Chicago's that were, you know, comfortably in a play spot watching all the little peons, you know, fight for their playoff lives. Now they're the ones in the scrum.
3: So I mean, in perspective there isn't too much parity in the NHL there needs to be less parity meaning that the Red Wings are back
1: at the way top again. If you look at the if you look at the standings right now, I mean in, in the East, the the eight teams are are I don't pretty solid. i say they're set they're close to set. There's maybe one team that's going to come out of the of the, the non-playoff Well, I mean, who's talent. the closest team?
0: Carolina, New Jersey, and Philly. <coughs> New Jersey just traded their leading goal scorer. Carolina traded their captain or whatever and yeah, philly, philly i mean does anyone trust
1: philly philly no. philly's the team that could go on a run if they continue to get a good the first, but they're so far behind uh, i don't see it i mean it's it's well i, it's, I mean they're, three, they're three behind
0: pittsburgh same games played so six behind and they play, and
1: they still have to i think they still have to play each other a couple of times so you know pittsburgh could pretty much knock philly out and then that should be it the west is I mean, the if, same if,
0: if Detroit keeps moving along at their like, you know, five two and three five three and whatever clip, you know, you get you win fifty percent of your every ten games, fifty percent of every fifty percent of your games. The rest of the year, they're probably gonna make playoffs, to, whether wild card or in the top three. You'll that just depends on how the other teams do, but they're in a good spot.
3: All right, I think so too. Uh, Nick McKiddick has two questions. One, he goes on a kind of a weird rant about. Never calling Athanasiu Helm with Hands, because apparently that is uh, very insulting to Athanasiu. Um, so I'll answer that one. No, I can't get you assholes to stop talking about avocados. Uh, what makes you think we can get people to stop calling Athanasiu Helm with Hands? So, uh, What if we I, call Helm Athanasiu without Hands?
1: Uh, what if we pump the brakes a tiny little well, bit, because just... when Helm came up, we were raving about Helm the way we rave about Athanasius now. So what if
0: we call Athanasius Malkin with speed?
2: No, let's just call Athanasius.
1: No, they call him Fedorov
3: with eyebrows. Ooh, I nope. like it. Don't like that.
1: Look, it's you Grease like, Lightning. That's my... his name. It's gre- Grease Lightning. That's it. Uh,
3: the Euro Heroes.
1: Oh, Euro Hero is good. Unless Euro Hero is good Gyro, really in which case that. you need to stop doing that because that's wrong.
3: Correct. Uh, second question: With 19 games to play in one eight, and one each against Boston, Florida, and Tampa, how high do you see the Wings finishing? First,
2: they could finish as high as first. They could finish as, high, as low as out of the playoffs. Depends
0: That's how their goaltending the is. Good it question. It really
2: does. It depends on how the goaltending is, the defense plays, the offense. Like <laughs> it's a,
0: defense, it, offense, special
3: teams. Okay. It really you know,
0: depends they, how the it's like good, hit the board. You know, they
3: We've established that the Red Wings could finish either uh, first or They're going the finish playoffs. third in the division. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're going
1: happens. to finish second in the division. Second in the division.
3: Kyle, what make a
0: make a bold prediction, Kyle. Uh but you don't want to set the bar too high here
2: because the don't live you know, up to it. To. You're gonna first take some I, I say they finish first wild card.
3: Uh, I wanna die. Third in the yep.
2: division. I'll bet you do.
3: Uh, Finn Redwing wants to know: Am I stupid for buying a Polkinen jersey, or do you think he will be a Red Wing for many years? Hey, I I bought a Smith jersey, so you do whatever you
2: get. Yeah, might be, <laughs> that, that might be a little premature. I'm sorry.
3: You are never stupid for buying a jersey of a player that you like.
2: Yeah, well, and you can yeah. Wear
3: it whenever. You, wear it proud, even if he doesn't know Red Wing for life. You can always explain it. To anybody who judges you like, who judges you for wearing it, they can fuck off. That's unless you have a Glenn Denning jersey.
2: Well, he still plays more minutes than most other players. So. We're in the
3: Valtteri Filppula Winter Classic jersey. That's the one that, that when he When he wasn't even on the team. Right. that You, you don't get away with that one. But and jersey, even if he's not with the Red Wings. S- sidebar. Wear it.
0: I'll keep this quick. I can't stand seeing modern-day Howe jerseys or Iserman Stadium Series I jerseys. Can't either. If can't if the, if the player didn't wear it, it shouldn't be on there. So, yeah, I agree.
3: But anyway. You're right. Uh, Beer of the arbitration, the, uh, like the, the king of, of good questions every week. Uh, does a broken or drop stick inconveniencing the attacking or defending team more? Uh, it's probably not very sporting, but I always feel like if I were on the PK skating off for a change, I'd just try to drop my stick in the DDD passing lane or along the blue line on my way off. you think- got to drop it right
1: away, though. Yeah, well, the thing is, too, is... Um, I mean, if you're just—I mean, I'm assuming that it's a broken stick uh, that he's talking about dropping, because I—I am pretty sure if you just dropped your stick in the middle of a passing lane, the referees are going to call you for something. Yeah, that's because it's—it's that, that's Easily. that's interference. I mean, essentially, if it's a broken stick, you have to drop it right away. If you are in a pos- position where you can strategically drop it in such a way that it might hinder the opposing team you will do it but you can't skate start skating away and make it obvious because they'll they'll call a penalty so i mean i mean who does it inconvenience more it inconveniences the team it inconveniences the team with the puck because now you have one less guy to to pass to so you're attacking right um, which is you know you you have more of a of a, a set play or idea as to what you're trying to do when you are attacking and if somebody breaks their stick or something it completely blows up that play if you drop your stick and you're defending you still have your body you can still stay in passing lanes you're less effective than you are with a stick but you can still disrupt the attacking team to some degree
3: i feel it does make sense that it would uh help the defenders if because it basically like as you're going off, Richie. You've already got it clear, so why don't you go ahead and just drop it in the middle before you even get off the ice. Um, it feels like it should help the defenders more, but it also introduces chaos into the offensive zone, and they have more players than you do, so I don't know necessarily that that is a good thing. Um, on a similar note, he also says uh, I've heard stories of juniors or other teams with shoestring budgets using wooden or aluminum sticks on the PK. Basically, they don't break as often, and having a broken stick on the PK is awful. Uh, you're basically you're not going to score while you're shorthanded, especially if you're the Red Wings. So, would that, it be beneficial to consider going to sturdier sticks? It depends I don't know. on what. That's looking into it way too
1: much. It depends on what the player's comfortable with. I, I mean, either, maybe you don't want it to break, but if a player's not going to be comfortable with a stick like that, then they're less effective.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Graham. Just with whatever you're comfortable with, don't go with what you think will, what you're anticipating won't break. Just whatever you're comfortable with, just go through it. If you can't play with a certain stick, then maybe in, I don't know, whatever. This is, I don't I'll like worry this that it's a stupid
3: uh, question. That's not a stupid question.
2: I think it's it a great question. Eh, whatever.
3: I would worry that a stick that flexes differently than the one that you're used to playing would have you more likely to accidentally put the puck over the glass from your own zone, uh, which would be a very bad thing to happen shorthanded. So, yeah, I think that the concept of having a stick that isn't going to break uh, on the, the PK, it's a, it's a good question, but I, I personally wouldn't do it.
2: I think it's whatever the player wants, whatever the player uses.
3: Uh, what do you think of the, lo- the idea of a line consisting of A.A., a. Larkin, and Polkanen?
2: No. Nah. <laughs> Polkanen has given me nothing to think that.
3: You wanted rapid fire. That's rapid
0: fire. Yeah, no. Uh, let's see. Howard's potential trade value.
2: Ugh, God, casual? how many, how many, how many sure podcasts are we to go through?
0: <laughs> it got better over the last two starts. Next.
3: Let's see. Uh Shit. Man's Fedorov or AA? I'm not going to ask that question. Uh,
0: if Seriously, you could only go
3: to one game, would you rather go to the last game with the Joe or the first game with the new arena?
1: Mm. Last game with the
3: Joe.
2: Yeah, that's
1: They're probably going to have a lot. Celebrate left.
0: the history. Who are the opponents?
2: No, doesn't it doesn't matter.
0: It'll
3: be uh, good like either that, way. It'll be a Joe, good point. The opponent is the uh, Western Conference champion.
0: Ah. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I like that.
0: Honestly. I'd rather go to
3: that then. <laughs>
2: Honestly, I think because the it's either game six or game seven, or it could be game four. The first game of the new arena might be one of the first. No, one of the first game at the new arena might be the last first game at the new arena uh, that the that Pavel Datsu ever sees. So I'm gonna go with maybe that. What?
1: I don't know. So next, just I'm on. really just tired.
3: <laughs> this is the world's longest podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. i 19 wants to know basically if we should fire for fire first while yes. or wait until the summer.
1: Just fire him oh. now. Oh, yeah. Wait till the front.
3: Yep. Him uh, let's see. You might be a little too early. What are your season Nope. This is too early. Too early. We're yeah, talking about early. offseason targets. Um. Bill H wants to know about the uh, the usage of Nyquist and Tatar, um, especially with uh, Zetterberg and Datsuk having more time than than usual. Uh, do you think this will have an effect on the team's stamina for the rest of the season in the playoffs? Keeping yes. them fresh playoffs.
1: Um, I don't know. I, I guess I waver back and forth on that. I mean, Datsuk missed first you know two months of the year, so he's played considerably less this year, although he's older. Um, I think these guys are in are in big shape. So I don't think playing more minutes is going to, you know, deplete them of of energy at the end of the year. Um, and the tra- trade off is if the younger guys are fresher, then you're going to need them to contribute in the playoffs anyway. So, you know, it should work to your favor.
3: Yeah, right on. Uh, the very last question is one that I'm going to just take for myself. Uh, Neo Tenney wants to know, when will we stop seeing Polky Monkey Baby? And the answer to that is uh, when he scores. Although, in fairness, I forgot to post Pokey Monkey Baby in front of the Dallas game, and we won that one. So uh, maybe yeah. I will get um, superstitious and not post him tomorrow. Is
0: Neotenny like your alternate name on WIM? So you could ask yourself that question.
3: No, I don't know why I would pick the name Neotenny. I don't know. Neotenny? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. No, uh, the... uh, sock puppeting is illegal on WIM. And I would have to ban myself for doing that. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Cool. Week ahead, uh, two games: Chicago at home, Chicago on the road. Graham, your favorite team. What are you thinking?
1: God, one and one. I am going to win at home, lose on the road.
0: They're they're supposed to have Hosta back by the Sunday game, so Sunday Hosta will not play here or Wednesday. Correct, right? Three days off between games. Does Chicago play in between? They do. They play Boston. Oh yeah. They play Boston,
1: Thursday. Oh Thursday. It's back to back. Okay. I believe it's Thursday. Yeah. They. I believe they go back to back. Yeah. No, they
0: do. It's confirmed <clears throat> in my head because they the game I work Tuesday and then Thursday this week. Okay. So, uh, what's the other guy? Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Very nice to <laughs> you. Um. O O and two. Okay. Shootouts or just overtime losses? Oh, oh, and two. Yeah, I know, but what, I'm asking. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, and two. Uh, okay.
2: <laughs> uh, one shootout. No, one I and don't and care
0: oh, anymore. <laughs> one shootout, one of them. JJ, time. go. Just don't listen to Kyle.
3: I hate all of you so much. Uh, I do honestly think that both games are going to go to overtime. Uh, I think we're going to win one of them, and we're going to lose and, uh, win and one in a shootout, and we're going to lose the other one uh, on a horseshit penalty that Chicago scores on the power play in overtime.
0: I think the Red Wings win both and it'll be, what, three, four, five, six, seven. They're going to go on a seven-game win streak and then lose Sunday the 13th to Toronto to break that streak on national television. I'll um, be in Hurstman. Getting
3: a little ahead of yourself there. Yeah.
0: Wow. I just decided to do the weeks ahead. Cheater. Do you guys have any final non-hockey related thoughts?
3: Uh, I think it's horseshit that we had to wait this long to get Chicago, especially this year when I really didn't want to like even watch Chicago or deal with them uh, because of that whole situation. So I'm not looking forward to dealing with Chicago fans this whole week.
0: Well, you deal with Graham all the time. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone? Um, I don't know. Just cool. Just no one playing. else. All right. So, uh, I enjoyed my weekend with you guys. Even you, Kyle. Uh, it was fun I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast and uh, we love you all and thanks for making Wim a great place everybody see you next time
2: I'm,
3: I'm sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I
2: definitely did I definitely did cut out
3: welcome to Wing. <laughs> alright I'm gonna go now
2: <laughs> Wait,
3: bye Kyle okay. see you later I'm gonna go bye Hey, <laughs>